Hi everybody, it's Em here. Welcome to this special bonus episode of Lovejoy Actually, where we catch up with Andy Rowley, who was production manager on Lovejoy for a few series. Andy's recorded this as a tribute to associate producer Tony Redston, who died recently. They worked together on the show, and Tony made a huge contribution, as well as being lovely, very fair, and a talented human being, who's really sadly missed. So cheers, Tony, and thank you to Andy for taking the time out to talk to us. Hope you enjoy the show. Love joy, actually. <laughs> this is the BBC Health Service. See, I can't do that. I can't keep that up. Anyway, all right, right, right. We're not, we're not professional, as you can tell. <laughs> well, you should have seen, you should have seen us in our day. I don't think we were. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to this very special episode of Lovejoy, actually. You asked for more interviews, and we like to uh, live up to our fans' expectations. So we are welcoming, I was going to say to the studio, welcoming to my Me. spare room and everyone Welcome else's my, spare room. My orangery. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we are welcoming today a renowned producer and production manager, um, Andy Rowley, who has been working for the last 40 years in television on shows which have been mentioned many times in this podcast, including Bergerac and Sherlock Holmes and Deal and Pascoe, uh, and obviously Lovejoy, which is why he is with us tonight. Um, he also had a foray into children's educational dramas for which he won a BAFTA. He's got a BAFTA sat behind him at the moment, and when we asked what it was for, he said, I can't remember because I've got more than one. <laughs> so... <laughs> you realise you've done me now. <laughs> My reputation is ruined now. So I'm supposed to keep them in the loo and be very modest. Yeah, but you're you're obviously not in like you know your sitting room. You're in, you're in an occasional room by the looks of it, or an office, or a, an occasional you know, room. Occasional room. We have a rather smart loo here. Very, very, very smart. Look, so Andy, thank you so, so much for humouring us and for doing this. We're honestly, we're really, really, really thrilled and excited. And we have hundreds of questions, or not quite hundreds, but quite, quite a lot, quite a lot of questions. We put the call out on Twitter and Twitter responded with great enthusiasm. Um, so we're going to sort of work through a load of questions, but do feel free, obviously, to... Um, Go off on a tangent. We're all about tangents, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I coastlines, but it's <laughs> <laughs> the first question. I guess the obvious question is just tell us what your job actually um, entailed. So the job that you did on Lovejoy, but also the sort of wider roles that you've you've done over the years in TV. Well, IMDb credits us as production managers usually because the BBC insisted on calling us production managers. But the job that I actually did was first AD, first assistant director. Uh, we ran the set, we planned, we broke down the script, we booked the extras, we worked as the director's right-hand person. Um, we made sure that everything was there on time, God forbid if it wasn't. And we ran a team of ADs in order to do that. And we, we actually, uh, yeah, run the set on the day. We kind of, we're the one that's always doing all the talking on the day. All the yelling, all the shouting, that's us. First day. <laughs> All yeah, the work. Yeah, it sounds like all the work. Like, what, what that, yeah. yeah, we would say that, yeah. But particularly with a show like Lovejoy, and we're going to we're going to come to this in a minute. But we've got a lot of uh, questions about locations and props and things like that, which was probably fairly complicated actually on a show like like Lovejoy. Um, 
how how do you this is probably a really silly question how do you get a job like that in the first place oh luck 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 <laughs> sure like I was in I worked in theatre for a little while I'm doing a bit of theatre now I run a stage management association now so I worked in theatre and uh, there's a lot of crossover in those days and you just um, I made the change to working as, as, as an AFM which is assistant floor manager in TV mm-hmm. gopher basically that moved up from there so yeah no you need you need a fair bit of luck to be honest it's um if you want me to be serious I think probably if you're a people person um mm-hmm. if you like the technical but you also like the creative then you're probably suited to do a job in production in in mm-hmm. film and TV. Um, but but it, the competition's great, and these yeah, days you can I can imagine for a long time to get in. And it's a huge range of skills that you need as well, isn't it? Because I guess yeah. you know people people are not necessarily also technical people, and not necessarily. I'll get on. I'll get on to the questions. So we put the call out on Twitter. So we've got some some sort of general questions um, about uh, your working life. And actually, before we get onto the specifics of the job you did on Lovejoy, Kevin, who obviously did more even more research than we do, worryingly, has asked um, has said uh, that IMDb listed you as an actor. Actually, we did notice this um, in All Creatures Great and Small, and he wondered how you got that role and why that was your only acting role. Well spotted. Well, well done, Kevin. Kevin, a lot of trawling in him. You're spending too much time in IMDb, Kevin. <laughs> Get okay. out there. There's a whole world out there. Um, I did one walk-on role mm-hmm. because the actor didn't turn up. Ah. And, and why didn't I do more? Because I'm not an actor. Did you ever do a cameo in Lovejoy? Because I know Dennis King did, didn't he? A couple of no, times. No, no, my daughters did. She, she was on Prague Sun, I think, wasn't she? Was it yeah, Prague Sun? Yeah, Prague that was Sun, it. Yeah. Did I tell you the story? Yes, yes. yes. Ian McShane was going round and, and a lovely year and he was being nice to all the kids and saying hello and that. and they were in hospital because it was mm. all he, he was directing the episode so mm. he had to be in mm. hospital with his leg up in order mm. that he could act very simply and then be a director as well so he was going around telling everyone hello I'm Ian who are you what and he went round and said what's wrong with you then what's wrong? and when he got to my daughter Kate he said and what's wrong with you then she said I'm acting <laughs> I pretend to be someone. Yes, I pretend to be exactly. someone else. Apparently, Dudley Sutton, who was next door to him, split his sides. Oh, bless! That's brilliant. Well, that's so sweet. You know what that is, don't you, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's so lovely. I think that was really sweet. All right, so so it wasn't a it wasn't that you decided to try your hand at acting. It was a sort of needs must. And I would not have made it as an actor in a million years. I've got great respect for actors. So um, Mark Witherspoon has asked, uh, what did your average day look like? And he seems particularly keen to know if you went for a drink in the Swan afterwards or indeed in any any establishment. Um, Well, what most days look like is dark (laughs) because we get up very early Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it slowly gets light. Um, We we work 12 hour days on set, Lovejoy, six days a week usually. Mm -hmm. It's location filming. Uh, so my day would be more like 14. Um, so, yeah, certainly dark when we got up and, and, and a bit sort of, you know, hazy. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time we get on set, then we, we've got plenty of work to do. So very, very busy. Um, five, six minutes worth of filming a day, which may not sound a lot, but trust me, is a lot. By the time you've done uh, four or five uh, different angles on every scene and four or five takes on every angle, 
although our cars were very good, so they didn't do quite that many. Mm -hmm. It takes a long time. Lighting, setting up. It's like building a house filming. You've got lots of different trades and they all mm -hmm. have to turn up and then they all just jump in when they're ready. But you don't build a house over a few months. You build it every day of the week. So, so, did you... so very, very busy and a bit a bit of a blur, yes. Mm. So, you, you, so, and, so And now then, the Swan at Lavenham. Yes. All right, sit down, Mark. You're going you're gonna to hate this. We filmed in Essex and I've never been to the Swan. You've never been? Oh, I have. Oh. It was it was in a few episodes, but it seemed to appear in the later series more. It was in it series six. It turned up a bit later on. Yes, it might have been in the very first series as an homage. I think it was. Yeah. It was, yeah. and it it sort of bookended the whole but the whole thing. We, but we rarely went there. Thaxted was one of our favourite places. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a nice place. Taffer Morden. and Thaxted looks quite like. In fact, look at the swan at Lavenham. Mm -hmm. it quite like Thaxted. So. Um, so Essex was lovely, actually, surprising. Mm. Well, the bit we were in, the wolds and all that was very nice. I feel oh, like Helen that. gets a bonus point here because there's definitely a point yeah. in the podcast like where saying, Helen like, goes, this is that's definitely Essex. Essex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our, our listeners do as well. I know that they've, they've used Lavenham and Long Melford appeared or were, were named and then had fleeting you know, whether any of it was really filmed there or much. They probably tell a cameraman to film the, the Long Melford sign. And then yeah, yeah. Long, Long Melford was definitely in it quite a bit in terms of it was referenced. Yeah. Um, and yeah. again, Lavenham was, but I know a lot of it was filmed. Well, because on the books, so yeah. Mm, supposed to, exactly. We, we didn't want any, if, if it wasn't 20, 30 years ago, I wouldn't tell you, but now we, <laughs> I think we can reveal it now to the world. The world's ready. <laughs> the world Mark, is ready. Mark, he's having a yep. stiff drink. He's a bit upset. We, we should put a warning right. at the beginning of this. Yeah. So there are some scenes that listeners may find upsetting. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I didn't come here tonight just to just to really upset you, but you know. Hey, and we we're we're only on like the the second question. So if you, so you actually, I'm going to ask a related question, which I did. I originally was going to ask in one of the other sections, but um, now who was it who asked? Somebody asked um, what Ian McShane used to drink, because obviously we're all aware that he, he's he doesn't drink alcohol. He's teetotal. I can't remember well, who asked that. And or Andrew Elson. That no, was Andrew. Of course, it was. Well Andrew. Andrew. Well, he didn't drink that. He 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 on set he drank tea all the time, all the time. Um, in out public, of his manu mug. Remember, but I think Coke's probably out of his. Um, definitely out of his manu mug. I mean, he looks like a tea drinker. Ian did socialise with us quite a lot. He was very kind. He took us out for meals on every episode, yeah. and we had a lovely time. But uh, I must say, he always strikes me as a nice bloke, Ian McShane. Ian. Well, mm. he's a northern boy. He's like me. Uh, Preston, I was born. So you're from down the road. Sorry, we're going to go on another rabbit hole. So you're from down the road then from Ian McShane because he was born in Blackburn. He was. And the secret is, mm. which football team did he support? Oh, he's Man U supporter, wasn't Blackburn he? Rovers originally. Well, originally Blackburn Rovers. Oh, Man there U you go. Well, but, what, did he become a Man U supporter because of his dad, though? Because I know his dad played yeah, for Man U, no, so he, I guess he, he acted, He was a Man U supporter since his youth, to be Obviously, honest. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, uh, but it, originally he was he supported, apparently, so I heard. Um, so Peaches has asked, what was the hardest part of your job? Well, apart from getting up in the morning. Apart from, I mean, that, that, would, that would certainly do it for me, I have to say. <laughs> Not one from um, really early start. You know what? I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> there's pressures on. We've got to film all that. If we don't make our days every day, if we don't make our schedule, mm. it costs about 50 grand to re... re or it did then. Oh, my gosh, of course. To, yeah. to, to get everyone back together and do it again. So the pressure's on. Um, I, I No, I mean, 
there's no, I, the, the worst thing actually, when I became a producer, I suddenly realized they don't give BAFTAs for first ADs, but you can get them as a producer. So then I realized all these years I've been working my debt cuts off and these directors have been swatting off to BAFTA and picking up awards. So um, that's probably the worst thing. So what, what was your other BAFTA for then? Because I know the you got- other, The two other BAFTAs. The two other oh. BAFTAs. Oh, tell me what all of your BAFTAs were for. Which was a co-production with BBC Drama with Nina uh, mm -hmm. and uh, lovely, lovely, all about drugs, sex and mm -hmm. rock and roll. Very children's TV, that one. <laughs> Um, and uh, and then uh, Jeopardy, I mentioned probably that oh, was yes. uh, mm -hmm. kids getting taken by aliens in the in the outback of Australia. So that happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> As you'd be surprised. And um, Microsoft, which was a a, a co-production with Disney. Oh wow! Two three hundred pound gorillas in one big room. That's what they said. BBC. Oh my goodness! BBC and Disney together. It was about family breakups and divorce. From oh, the look at this! There you go. Just destroying kids you know, illusions about the world. Hopes and dreams and yeah. all, all of the rest. Um, you led into a little bit earlier on, actually, one, uh, the topic of, the, of Kevin's next question. Well, um, <laughs> and he, he actually asked, because um, you said it was, you know, 50,000 a day uh, if you had to reshoot. Yeah. Um, Kevin asked what the biggest budget was on the series. I think he was interested, particularly if it was location-based or wages or... Oh, I know what you asked. <laughs> I know what you asked. I was trying to make it more subtle. But... <laughs> <laughs> so what costs more, the hire of the hall or, or McShane's wages? What, I'm not going to tell you what McShane got because I don't even, I don't know much. <laughs> more than me, probably, to be honest. Yeah. Um, locations are hired on a daily basis on a scale of fees according to the Historic Houses Association or the owners or whatever. Mm -hmm. So uh, we didn't rent McShane, he owned the show, so, um, so it was different. Ian, Ian earned a lot of money, but Ian was an executive producer on the show, so he didn't deserve it. Um, mm. Locations cost mm, about a grand a day for exterior, a bit more for interior, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, um, and plus the extras, like not doing any damage and all that stuff. So did you use, you use the interior and the exterior for Bellchamp Hall, did you? Or? Yeah, well, you see, we were a location film shoot, so we did. We, used, we, mm. we didn't have a studio set as such. We, mm -hmm. we uh, Lovejoy, we hired a barn for the whole series. So Lovejoy's place was a standing set. Uh -huh. So we could always run back to there for weather cover or if any, anything occurred. So that was a kind of set, but it was built mm -hmm. in a real building. But most of the places we used were, we used the real interiors and the real exteriors. Mm -hmm. But of course, nothing is ever as it seems. And sometimes you're looking at something, you think that's the inside of that house. It's not, it's a house millions of miles away. Before. Yeah, of course. So, so what, you know, you know how it all works. You guys. Were there people living there when you were filming then? Or was yeah. it a lived in? How, yeah. yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah. They, they thought they owned it. We, we <laughs> knew on the days we went, but they thought they owned it. <laughs> I've, I've got a question from Morris. Oh, is it Maurice? I, don't, I, I always know. call him Morris. He Morris. doesn't sound like a Maurice. Morris as in minor or Maurice as in Chevalier. Well, it's spelled Maurice, Maurice, as, in Maurice Chevalier. as in Chevalier, but it's uh, Mo. Mo. All right, Mo. <laughs> Good old Mo. <laughs> I mean, but this is a question about Falsham Hall because he wanted to know what the restrictions were. I guess if there were people living there, it was yeah. don't go in our room. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't yeah, use yeah, the yeah. ensuite. Yeah. yeah. Please don't take your cameras around into the, the, the yeah into our bedroom and put it on you know the dark net. No. <laughs> 
fair, oh, fair, I was a location manager for a while. Pretty recently. I mean, I mean, you have to basically go there and plan every shot, where you're going, everything. Mm -hmm. And of course, you'll need somewhere for the artists to sit when they're not on yeah. set. You'll need access for lights. You'll need access for the cables for the lights. You'll need access. So you need doors that can be opened that won't be envisioned. You need all that kind of stuff. So it's fairly technical. In, 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 in that particular location, they were, they were pretty nice. And uh, they, they allowed it. I think we had one or two rooms we regularly used. And it was all fairly set up. Um, so, uh, but nowhere else. No, you, 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 you literally make all your plans in, and there's a contract, a legal contract mm. in place when you go. It was always like that lounge and dining hall, wasn't it? That's right. The, yeah. the main hall and, and, and the sort of drawing room or the main yeah. room. Often, yeah. We saw Jane's bedroom oh. a couple of times, but I didn't know which part of the house that was but in. Was it, but well, was it, or was that somewhere else? But that would have been a bit of a giveaway because, you know, the, the will they, won't they, we went on for a long time. <laughs> um, Favourite bit. <laughs> I doubt whether the bedroom was theirs, if I'm honest. But yeah. I, mm. I, I, I only filmed exteriors at that house because I only did mm -hmm. exteriors. I don't think I ever filmed inside. But we filmed a lot of exteriors there. They used mm. to meet very often outside. The, the Morris Miner swung in and the, the whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was also such a beautiful house. It kind of embodied the whole the concept exactly. of the show, didn't it, really? What, what director wouldn't. Exactly. It told you everything about Lady Jane you ever needed to know. Exactly, and later about Charlie Gimbert. <laughs> <laughs> in all the wrong ways. You're ahead of me again. <laughs> well, John Martin then, then asks, why wasn't Beltran Paul used in season two? I didn't even notice that. Did anybody else? I don't think that's right because I did I, see two. Well, I, I joined towards the end of series two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel I like the other there hasn't been a one where we haven't seen it, has there? No, we, we, I did exterior filming. I'm sure it was season two, actually. Yeah. Um, I thought we, uh, you probably had exteriors, but not interiors. I have a uh, feeling. Yeah. That Maybe that's what he means. Maybe it's that we didn't go inside. After series one, which was about four years separate from series mm. two, mm. Uh, I have a feeling that they were feeling their way a little bit. Uh, and, uh, uh, probably it was exteriors only maybe for series two yeah. but, uh, don't quote me on that <laughs> <laughs> and then this this comes back it's it's, it's morris again it's our friend mo um hello. morris asks were there any locations considered that just weren't possible it's hard to film on the moon to be honest with you um, <laughs> that would have been the christmas special but they couldn't it. do it <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember love joy in space no, that's what? why they went to north carolina instead it was second to the moon i have Plan a feeling B. i heard that they were considering it but i'm not sure um <laughs> uh, we filmed in a submarine oh um, yes in an arab souk we, we, the, so in our, in Eric of Arabia because that's M's favourite episode. So no, where was the, where was the soup? I think we're in Love Knots, aren't we? Oh, in yeah, Love Knots. Sorry, that Love was Love Knots. Love sorry. Knots. Yeah. Um, and it's not often I know more than you, Love. No, it was Love Knots. <laughs> it was. You're right. Well, sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I had Eric on the brain. It was <laughs> underneath. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but a, a quite a big castle keep. Ah, so it, so you constructed an Arab soup. It was like like arches it was a basement of a castle yeah oh cool and it was very like a soup when we put a few wow. arab people in it and a few donkeys and yeah, again know. some very like, convincing well, we had a chat at the time going oh i bet it's morocco didn't we we had this big sort we of well we were convinced we thought it was just, like, we just went morocco, to morocco so. for one scene for one scene yeah <laughs> <laughs> we did what well, you got it from the library and that shoved it in like when they went to sydney <laughs> 
No, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to those of you who haven't to have a long sit down again, but no. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. You, went, you, you got to go to, uh, or you didn't go to Venice, presumably, but you, no. you got to go to Prague, did you? Yeah, I went to Prague. Oh, lovely. And mm. such a good time. Well, good time, is that the right word? Interesting, interesting time to go to Prague. Interesting time to go to Prague. Oh, yes, yes. Mm. Right, right at the, oh, just when Slovakia was seceding from Czechoslovakia. Yeah, yeah. And just before the, uh, the, the walls came tumbling. Mm. Wow. And now it's just full of stag do's. Well, in those days, they we, when we were there, they just opened the first pizza place in Prague. You know, the, the, we used to go to a little place that sold pivo beer and sausages. Mm. Oh, yeah. And that was a night out. <laughs> um, um, Andrew Elson asks, what was your favourite location and why? Well, that's tricky. Mm. That is tricky. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's... The favourite locations, if I'm really honest, were probably going back to Lovejoy's place where everything was just there and it was really <laughs> easy to film there. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Um, I remember um, filming at a lovely stately home overlooking Southampton Water mm. in an episode with, um, oh, it's a Black Vladimir with Brian Blessed. And a few oh, tell us, about, tell us about Brian Blessed. Oh, um, <laughs> The Lord and Lady were very nice and they invited a few of their closest friends, about 300, and, um, and um, so that they could invite the cast and a few selected members of the crew who, like, you know, wouldn't mm -hmm. be, wouldn't, they couldn't say no to. And we all came and had drinks on the lawn. Ooh, now, nice. Brian Blessed, I don't know whether you know, but he's a bit loud! <laughs> Ooh. The standing joke on the set was his dresser was called Ray, and from about three miles away, you'd hear Brian Blessed <laughs> he'd lost his underpants again but um and he's also a bit sweary he's the loveliest man yeah he's the loveliest man oh. so he's standing on this lawn telling blue stories and sweary mm. stories oh bloody hell what? <laughs> and of course the everest came into it somewhere as well his his lordship and ladyship will probably never be the same again and their friends <laughs> were quite impressed i think but uh yeah, that was a moment. Oh. But Lovejoy was full of moments. Yeah. What, oh, was your, yeah. what was your best? I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sneaking in an additional question. But do you have a most memorable moment? Well, I suppose and, and, and having my kids on the set was very memorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, was one, there was one lovely moment. It was on a recce. Mm. Um, we were in this... Um, ancient church stroke uh, chapel, uh, domed place. We were going to film there uh, for the Prague Sun. And the director, lovely Jeff Sachs, who was very precise, said to the first, we had two first ADs there because we had a Czech one. who used to go, hey, and then I was going to turn over. And we all like that. And it was complicated. The director said, I'd like lots of poppies to fall from the skies. Mm -hmm. Now, poppies are quite a British concept. Mm -hmm. and, and also, accent is a funny thing. So it turned <laughs> out that the Czechs were all, they sort of stopped and kind of went like that. And it turns out that they thought the director had asked that we throw puppies from the balcony. <gasps> but it, oh my it God, that could have gone so wrong. Oh bad. yes, we'll get the Horrifying. puppies. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. problem, well, anything you want, we'll get the puppies. <laughs> exactly, you see there are two 
whenever you work overseas, and I've done quite a lot, there's two sides to it, isn't there? There's the ones who say, oh, yes, of course, no problem, we'll do it. It's, it's done. Consider it done, no problem, moving on. <laughs> and there's the other lot that say, what? They're barbarians. They're barbarians. <laughs> Oh. Well, that was the kind of memorable. Oh, yeah, that, that. <laughs> I'll tell you another one if you like. Yeah. yeah. I won't say who, but a member of the cast gave up smoking during the, my mm -hmm. time. And that was very memorable because my job is to stand in front of the set and say, okay, makeup, please, final checks, costume, makeup, right? And I used to stand there and turn around and there was like no one to be seen mm -hmm. because whoever it was who was giving up smoking was a little bit. Crabby, you know, they were all <laughs> hiding. They were all hiding. Oh no! The runners off to find costume and makeup to do the checks. If we wanted the set tweaked, we had to go find the design, find design, find design. Um, <laughs> so that was memorable as well. There, there was me standing up there in the middle of nowhere, kind of. It's like the guy who said, you know, one step forward, one step back, and I took a step forward. <laughs> that was that was interesting for a while. Well, uh, we won't try and guess who it was. I can probably guess. We'll all guess. You're welcome. <laughs> he, was, he was such a sod tinker. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't him. Um, <laughs> Lovely Dudley. Uh, <laughs> um, John Martin asks, how many days were you allowed to film in each location? Well, it depends on, depends on your negotiations, really. But, mm. I mean, typically we do two or three days in, in guest locations. And, you know, maybe a couple more in Lovejoy's. Mm -hmm. a bit of a a bit of a kind of uh, proppy antique sort of episode so mm -hmm. how how many days so you said you sort of filmed five or six minutes a day so you typically spend what a couple of weeks filming an episode I think that 10, uh, was it 10 11 days yeah 10, 11 days yeah mm -hmm. it might have mm -hmm. been 12 including a bit of standby time Mm -hmm. We didn't do five, six minutes every day. That was a good day job. I was lying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and no minutes on a very bad day. And I had one of those. Oh, mm. no. Um, Alwell Richards asks, what was the most expensive filming location? Um, very difficult to say, actually. I mean, I only worked on two series. So um, we filmed in a submarine. That was quite hard. Mm. Um, mm. A bit tricky. Um, the most expensive locations are the ones that don't work, I suppose, if I'm really honest. Yeah. You, you have to remount them <laughs> and then it costs a fortune. Um, or the ones where the owners throw you off because the Sparks. There's a lovely story about Sparks who, um, they're, they're famous for this. Mm. They, 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 um, they, they, they dropped a flag from the front of a lamp and it chopped the nose off St. Thomas More in the <laughs> Westminster Cathedral. Rumor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Rumour has it. So, uh, so they're famous. Sounds like angel trousers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you do that, they also well, there was a lovely floor in Kettleston Hall once, and apparently mm. a BBC film crew had something to do with that one as well. Oh no! Gosh, well, it all gets fixed. It's all insurance. Yeah. BBC well, insurance, like Trump's got, you know, fake news. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of leads on to, to the final question from me, <clears throat> from John Martin. Did Eric actually shoot a hole in Freddie Bethune's kitchen? I read an interview that actually claims he did. I assume you'd use a mock-up studio for those scenes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like the voice that you've given him. That's this is just we, we, like This is how we think John talks. <laughs> did John ask that question? Yeah. Okay, yeah, John. Yeah. Okay, John. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, I, I wasn't there for that one, to be honest. So, but I can tell you that rather than mock-up sets. 
if we use live bullets on a TV studio and a TV show, we'd really be in trouble. So my yeah. feeling is that we didn't shoot anything. No. Whether it was a set or a studio or a, or a or a location or probably a location interior, to be honest, maybe not the one you thought it was, but mm. there would definitely be no projectiles fired anywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? It costs a lot to replace actors and the paper. <laughs> say the, the, the paperwork. Try and work out a mitigation why if you, fire, if you point a gun at someone and fire a bullet at them it's not going to hit them. Yeah. Well, there isn't one. Oh. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> yeah. We do a lot of things in filming but murdering people is quite rare. Actually we are segueing beautifully into Helen's questions now because she's got some questions about props. We have quite a lot of questions yes. about props. We did have a lot of questions about the props so but yeah, some quite specific ones that you mainly from John again. Do, but John. the more general ones as well. Yeah. Do I know? Um, were you on set? Actually, he asked one which you may not know because you were saying that you didn't actually film any interiors of Felsham Hall because he was wanting oh, to know okay. if, if the furnishings in there were the real things. You know, actually, it, what the family had in the hall or whether they were they most they, they, they mostly would have been to be honest. Mm. Um, because they were nice people, but anything very valuable, we wouldn't want anywhere near a film crew. I mean, you know, they're a scrappy lot. Um, and also, you don't want to damage it. But also, mm. most scripts have specifics in them. It's like Miss Marple. You need the doors in a certain place. You need the walls in a certain place. You need the certain... You'd have to have the just prop of the week would have to be in there. So it's always a mixture. It's always a mixture. The design crew will bring some things in you might use some of the things if the people are kind enough to allow you to. Uh, mm. it, it's a mixture. But whatever you do, you, you must remember for continuity reasons, you're going to have to do it again and again. So there's some value in using things that belong to the house, even if mm. they don't belong to that room, because they're always going to be there when you go. Yeah. There. And actually that kind of leads, because you mentioned about things that are valuable, because we were also asked by, by Mo Morris, um, whether you ever use real antiques as the props or whether they were always, you know, things that were made for the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, rumour has it in the first series that they got a priceless Ming, Ming vase and put it in the hands of an actor and he dropped it. No, um, by and large, actors and props don't mix terribly well. So, so very expensive antiques would not be the best idea, Mo, if I'm honest with you. Um, <laughs> We used to have a lovely lady called Penny who used to research all the antique props that we needed because it was an antique show. And she used to find out about them, find out where to find them, find out all about them and so on, what they look like. And then we'd make them or we'd, we'd find them or we'd find copies of them. Um, Prague Sun was made, um, Black Virgin was made, the icon. Uh, most things were made that were specific mm. for, for the series. Um, some would have been uh, things that would have done. We we had some real Enfield bits of motorbike for Eric of Arabia. Um, but but generally speaking, if there's anything that's likely to be valuable, there's no way it's going yeah. to be one of our sets. I mean, even just I imagine like the amount it has to be handled and like you say, the amount of days you need it for and the places it's got to go to, it's just not going to survive, is it? <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of heavy equipment on a film set, and you don't yeah. want you don't want expensive stuff props anywhere near it. Sorry. We've already mentioned about. Um, so we've got another question from Peaches. Hope if that's their real name or their Twitter name, because um, we already mentioned about McShane's um, Man United mug 
Yep. We just wondered, was that was that his own mug that he just brought onto the set? Or well, I don't know whose it was, but if it ever wasn't there, God help them. Um, yeah, no, I, I imagine it lived with all the continuity props in the yeah. in the in the antiques barn where we used to keep everything. Ian will have almost undoubtedly insisted that that was going to be his mug because <laughs> actors always have a say in their personal props. And I'd, I'd go so far as to say, I don't think Ian could walk and talk without it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Bless him. It, it, no, he was very, very keen on that. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. It appears often, doesn't it? Between you He's... and me, we might have had two or three because if the props men were valued their, their lives, they might have just had a couple of spares just in case. <laughs> <laughs> and if I know Ian, he probably had a mark so he knew which one they were using. <laughs> I, I've got to make a confession now. We had a question, another question from John. I don't really understand the question, and it might be because I don't know anything about cars. Because he asked, how did Miriam end up being a Morris Minor convertible? Is this because Morris Minors are not usually convertible? I don't, I don't know. Or is um, he just interested in why you picked that particular car? Didn't Lovejoy drive okay. a Morris Minor, Minor convertible in the books? Does anyone know you guys would know? I he did in the books, didn't he? You're, you're assuming here, Andy, that we do any kind of research. Well, no, we've read, <laughs> we've read the books. It's just like we don't always um, well, if you remember. Don't, I certainly don't. Exactly. It was a bloody useful little car. It, it, we, all cars are hired from specialists who bring them on set and look after them. Morris Miners are fairly reliable. But the, the, the taking the hood down is really useful because you, you don't have to light it. You've got loads of light flooding in from the roof. You can have those lovely shots of the, the antique, you know, the whole... The, the clock, the kind yeah. of the clock coming out the back and all this sort of thing. You can carry anything. I've got a convertible. You, I, you can carry anything in convertible. Not a Morris Minor. No, no, it's not a Morris Minor. No, it's a <laughs> um, but, but you can carry it. My wife's got a big, long uh, estate. You can get almost anything in that, but you could get more in mine on a sunny day. A bit worse mm. on a Wednesday. No, it's a nice, characterful car. Mm. Um, I think it probably came from the book, but I don't know. I think I think he does drive it in the book. All I'm going to say is it's not as good as Bergerac's car. What? The, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Bergerac's oh, car. Yeah, Bergerac's car. Mm. Okay. And, and well, that <laughs> one never worked. That one needed pushing more often than it went. <laughs> it looked good though. Yeah, it did look good. You're right. <laughs> um, it's very Suffolk though, isn't it? That Morris Minor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, it definitely. Um, yeah, it's a lovable well rogue with... sort of car. If you're trying to pretend to be lovable and not rogue. You don't drive a Jag, do you? I was going to say, he wouldn't have, or, yeah, or he couldn't have driven, like, I don't know, a Metro or a, you know, Fiat. Ford Granada. Yeah. No, well, was everyone, had, everyone had um, Ford Fiestas, didn't they? Nobody yeah, on television has ever driven a, a Fiesta, ever. <laughs> um, Granada's too Sweeney. Yeah. Yeah. I it was Ford, own, but, yeah. Ford Fiesta was what everyone had in the early 90s. My mum had a red Ford Fiesta along with the entire population of Bradford. Thank you see, you. the thing is, here's a clue. Here's a little secret, a trade secret for you guys. When mm -hmm. you're trying to really establish a star in a series, you don't give them the car that everybody else has got. And a Morris Minor Convertible definitely fits that brief. Um, yeah. And the final question about props. Um, again, Morris wanted to know if you took any keepsakes when you left the show. If I did... Mm. Yeah, or any, or any of you, if you're aware, but particularly you. <laughs> it's, it was ages ago now. I'm sure no one will mind. <laughs> it's fine. It happens a long time ago. Statute of limitations and all that. It's fine. Yeah, I did not. Um, I've got a couple of scripts, and one of them, one a script of Lovejoy, went for about sixty quid on an antique show on TV the other day. Oh well, we know oh. who bought it. A true Lovejoy 
aficionado. No. Um, yeah, well, good on you. Good on you. Anyways, well, they are one off. They are well. They're not one off. They're about eighty crew, but I mean, there aren't that many of them. It's I'm so really interesting, good. isn't it? Because it's like a working piece of paper. Like, I yeah, but that's why I'd be interested in it. Excuse me, sweat and blood went into those. <laughs> a call sheet. Yeah, it'd be up all night doing a call sheet. But that's why that would that would really interest me. Do it all again because it would change. That would interest me so much, though. I find that actually. Oh, this is this has led on to another question. That, call that... call sheets. They, we used to do call sheets because you had to have something to change. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, actually, I'll tell you one story because I, on. I'll tell you one thing. Whenever guest artists came onto Lovejoy, and and they were lovely people, lovely Brian Blessed, David Kossoff, you know, mm -hmm. we had fabulous. Um, at the end of their bit, Linda Gray from Dallas, she was oh great. yeah, yeah, she was great. Um, we we used to give them, or not give them, but the crew used to club together and buy a little, you know, those clapperboards. Mm. Well, you can buy little ones that you use for effects and mini. Oh yeah. We used to get them a little clapperboard. And we used to write their, their last shot and their last take. And we used Aww. to give them a clapperboard. So I'm betting that Ian has a lovely big Lovejoy clapperboard from series boo boo boo. Um, <laughs> if it was me who made it, I would have had all the director's names on it for him. So somewhere in Aww. Hollywood, there's a little, there's one of those on the wall, I suspect. <laughs> uh, talking of guest stars, Peaches asked how you managed to get so many famous because there's several episodes where there's two or three in one episode a really famous you know john gielgud was in an episode you had some amazing really? people yeah he was in one in the late in one of the later series well they were better at it um uh, <laughs> bribery corruption you know having having knowing where the bodies are buried you know <laughs> name it any no it was a fabulous it was a really well-known series the cast were lovely it was known to be a happy series it was known to be a series we got it made really well it was very popular they were heading for making 70 odds so that they could stream it and strand it in the states mm -hmm. and honestly i i imagine people were begging to come on it they mm. the scripts were very good the concept was very good the guest parts were deliberately very good ian was very generous about guest artists mm -hmm. they all were so they, they were just really well-structured guest parts, which mm -hmm. guests love to do, go and do a few days. They knew that they'd get through it. They knew that no one would die. <laughs> Only mild peril See, at that time. I'm just yeah. testing you two. Do you two know which episode John Gilgood was in? And if not, can you have a guess? <laughs> I don't know. No. Have we, have we seen it? Not yet, you haven't. Oh, my God, it's good. I, do, I, I remember. We're building up to it. But he was no, it's all new to me as soon as we've gone into series five i'm like yeah i don't remember any of this i think he was, I stopped watching after eric went to be honest he was lord wakering in the lost colony <gasps> oh a spoiler i know spoilers spoilers um going back to scripts actually a second I, and i think it was john who asked this and he just snuck in this morning and i thought well i'll ask this because it's a good question um he asked if um, the actors ever had a particular say? So when there was a script, when they were either rehearsing or filming, did they ever get to say without pissing off the writers too much, oh, I don't think my character would say that, or I don't think this is plausible, or were they ever allowed to change the lines, or did that really depend on who was writing or directing? Yeah. It's not Shakespeare, is it? <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, I mean, 
yeah, they were very, very good, our cast, and they were very good at remembering their lines, which isn't always the case. So mm. they were very good. But yeah, yeah, in any long-running series, the character is going to just tweak it a little bit. I mean, you know, um, Chris Jury, he's kind of from, I don't know, Brummie, isn't he, originally or something? Mm. So just, and there's a bit of Brummie in Eric. So a little, just occasionally a little tweak of this. Ian would, Ian would definitely know what Lovejoy would say and he wouldn't. Mm. They'd never change the sense of it. They'd never change the plot. The, mm. the, the surest way, and it's never happened to me on Lovejoy, but the surest way to end up not making your days and destroying a series is for the actors to start changing the lines to oh. in an early scene. Because yeah. you find for the rest of the film, you're it's constantly knock on. discovering yeah. what they've messed up. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. director, no, um, directors, I mean, I used to work with Baz Taylor, lovely director, and mm. very, very laid back. Um, Francis Mogahi, we, we hadn't worked, I, he did the Black Vatican, didn't he? Mm. Um, he was lovely. And he was so laid back. We, we, we used to, I, I, as an AD, you run the set, you get everything sorted, you get everything. Final checks, costume and makeup, everyone ready. All right, ready. And just before I said turn over, because I learned the hard way, mm. I looked around because Francis McGahi would be on the phone somewhere out in the middle of the lawn somewhere. Over there. <laughs> Francis, it's a take. And we'd say, oh, okay, fine. Turn over. <laughs> he was like wonderful. So really Aww. laid back, really laid back. But he was there for most of the takes. I think there might have been a couple who didn't quite make it through. No. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, you, you, the uh, actors on long running series have a certain amount of, there's a, there's a leeway. Mm. But it it they, makes sense, doesn't it? Because I suppose they, yes. they know their character almost yeah. more than the writers. And also, writers. they sometimes know the previous episodes more. Yeah. This used to happen more on EastEnders than, than on Lovejoy, but you used to hear the actors saying, well, I can't say love to him because I've just, I was sleeping with his husband five weeks ago. <laughs> and it's like that sort of stuff used to come up. So uh, they used to have right old Barneys on the floor of EastEnders. Well, apparently no um, one noticed that Lovejoy's daughter had just changed names between series. There's still that, that one major continuity error. Or was that deliberate? Do you know anything about that? Wasn't me, Gov. I wasn't there. I was not <laughs> no, In series I, one, she was called Kate. And in from series two, she was called Vicky. And in series six, the spelling of Vicky changed. So there you go. Anyway. <laughs> you may possibly say that, but I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> um, let me see. Grade, that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other questions we've got, you, you've covered really. We've, um, uh, Morris has asked how the cast and crew related and also who was the best actor to work with, which you probably can't pick. You probably, you're probably not allowed favourites, are you? But Who was that, Mo again? Was that, that was Mo friend? again. Good old Mo. Okay, Mo, well, you know how to put, pitch a, a career suicide question, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> they were all lovely. They were, no, they, they, they were a really good bunch. I mean, every. I had my bad days. Everyone had their bad mm. days. If you're working with people six days a week for a long time, mm -hmm. nobody's going to be perfect. Forever. Yeah. They were, but they genuinely were the happiest bunch. It was the happiest sets I think I've ever worked on. Oh, uh, that's so good to hear. They were. It was, you know, and it's not often. Not they. They used to be a rule: happy set, happy show. It's not mm. actually true usually. The, no. Usually, a happy set is a happy-go-lucky set, and the show turns out to be a bit. A bit drossy because nobody was really quite mm. paying attention. 
you see, at the end of the day, it's not a question of liking someone. You mm. like people because they're professional. Like, mm. you, could, you could introduce me to the loveliest actor in the world, and I've probably met a few, and they can't get beyond two-thirds of the length of a track before they dry on their lines. Mm. Nobody's going to like them on a film set. <laughs> never going to go home. So um, it's all about professionalism. It's all about knowing your craft. It's all about, you know, you know they didn't... They, we all know enough about each other. We all mm. respect each other's professionalism. We all know it. And it was a lovely, lovely set. But I have to say, if you wanted to really push me, Dudley was the cuddliest one. Oh, we love Dudley. We, um, we've done a couple of events. Um, we're running a half marathon in uh, April, isn't it? For the um, Royal Trinity Hospice in memory of Dudley. We've done some, some bits and bobs. Um, well done, you. But the, um, something's just occurred to me, so no one has asked this, I'm asking this. Eric seemed to fall in the water an awful lot in various <laughs> series. When you do a take like that, if it, do, me? if it doesn't go right first time, like how many, basically how many changes of clothes did poor old Chris have to have? How many times did he have to get changed, redressed and jump in the water again? <laughs> you see, you're probably asking a question that Chris asked, which was why the... Oh, do I get to end up in the water? <laughs> <laughs> because Dudley was too old, Ian wouldn't do it, and Lady Jane, well, you couldn't, could you? So it had to be true, couldn't it? Um, well, asking the question that costume would always ask. I mean, who knows? Who knows? How quickly can you dry off a pair of jeans and a T-shirt? Well, that's how many times you need costumes and, until you replace the first one with the last one with the first one. Yeah, I can't help feeling there's probably a heck of a lot of pressure on those takes to go right first time. Yeah. And, and there are such things as stump people as well, but I couldn't possibly say because I wasn't there. Oh yeah, we, we had a, a long we had a, a long chat about Ian McShane. Are you thinking what I'm thinking about Ian McShane's bomb double? <laughs> no, I was thinking about Chris in the water. Oh right, okay. I think we did have a discussion about whether, whether it was a bomb double or Ian McShane's real bare bare bottom. As he got out the shower in, uh, that was series two, wasn't it? I have forgotten that any of this happened. I think you called the episode Bum Double M. I can't remember. Maybe which... I did. Maybe I did. I can't remember which one it was now. I'm really sorry, but I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's skim over that one. Um, <laughs> to be honest, fun. Ian had a very good walk, a very distinctive walk. Well, and, well, I... I imagine he had quite a nice bum, but I don't know. I can imagine he. he... Probably, yeah. Well, Probably we, may, we may have seen it or it no, may have been a double. We don't know. Now, move on. <laughs> um, and then the last question, which was actually Sal's only question. So I feel that we should answer it, even that though it's a bizarre. slightly slightly it's odd question. Slightly bizarre. Slightly, we'll, just a little we'll bit. give this the credibility it deserves. Mm. So Sal's question was, but, but then she's given you a potential answer, which is quite nice. She said, what did Ian McShane smell like? And then she said because I imagine him smelling like a new car. Now, I assume that's because of the leather. I think basically she yeah. says he smells like leather. leather. Leatherette. <laughs> <laughs> leather. Nothing yet. Nothing yet about Ian McShane. <laughs> success, Sal, success. Ian McShane. He smells Sal. of success. That is a, that is a brilliant, uh, that's a, a good brilliant answer. note to end on. <laughs> um, Andy, is there anything else that you wanted to tell us about or anything else that sort of springs to all that we haven't covered that you think people ought to know about the show 
what well, your role in it when we took over the kitchen in the hotel and cooked chips at three o'clock in the morning and nearly get thrown out you mean that sort of time oh that sort of thing oh Absolutely, yeah that sort that of sounds thing sounds great I wonder why Ian McShane gave up drinking on location that's because you know that's <laughs> he used to do stuff like that at one time apparently rumor has it I wouldn't know mm. just you know, gossip that's all. <laughs> yeah didn't yeah. he say now are we Ian McShane, <laughs> Ian McShane, I think Ian McShane said that Richard Burton taught him how to drink. That was his. Did he? I mean, that's yeah. pretty cool, isn't it? He was a famous drinker, Ian. Yeah, no, I know. I no, he t- off to him because he I never drank during these series. I'm sure he did. Mm, no, no, he talked about it quite a lot because I think he gave up when he married Gwen Humble. Gwen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and and Gwen used was... to come on set quite often. She was lovely. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was in two episodes that again sort of bookended your role because she was in yeah, series was. one and series six. She was, she was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember that. And she came, she came in a few times actually. Yeah. No, oh. it was a, it was a, it was a. I, I mean, I'm not kidding you. It was a happy series by and large. Good. It's hard work, but. Uh, why, why did you leave? If that's not a personal question, then, or did you just get another offer? Better offer. Better offer. When we were offer. BBC in those days, we were allocated. We were, oh. We were, we were owned. We were slate. Yeah. <laughs> Public sector, um, isn't it? I yeah. moved on to being a line producer or an associate producer. Okay. Um, and uh, I don't think they'd have put me back on. Well, in fact, there was mm. a very good associate producer called Paul Richmond on, who took over from Tony on Lovejoy. Uh, so, no, I moved on to do mm. and and then moved on uh, to produce. So. I mean, you've got an impressive CV. It's full of all kinds of stuff, particularly around, you know, in the 90s. But For impressive, read eclectic. Eclectic. <laughs> but that's good. You don't want to be doing the same thing every day, all day for your no, entire no, working no, life. I sometimes think I did EastEnders on the fifth birthday. I could have been there on the 15th, couldn't I? On the 25th, the 35th. <laughs> God, you could be, you could be doing it. I, I pity anyone doing that sort of job at the moment, I have to say. Just because of the pandemic, as in this year particularly, I think anybody who's trying to figure out how they can possibly film or do anything, you know, well, and make it... It was always impossible to film. Well, <laughs> I spent days chasing paparazzi around Watford Cemetery in the Ring Road. <laughs> Den. That sounds like something out of Lovejoy. Yeah. No, we had this, you know, dad in the, the mm-hmm. flowers in the back of Dirty Den's funeral. Oh, yeah. Paparazzi were everywhere. We used to film that in Watford. Oh, gosh. Because that's in the East End. Did it? you get people yeah. like that in, in Lovejoy? Watford, Walford. Did, did you get weirdos like me that used to turn up and, uh, you know, sort of stalk the... Uh... You know, we used to get a few crowds. We were only series two and three, so it wasn't so bad. Mm. We used to get some crowd. We were quite careful to keep our location secret, to be mm. honest yeah, we we used to get some crowds. Filming on beaches was always hard. Oh, yeah. Crowds on beaches. Um, yeah, we used to get some, but we we got you get quite good at managing them. Mm-hmm. And and Ian was lovely because he'd always come out and talk to them. So Aww. if you can promise them that, then... why didn't I manage to? I was two. I was twelve. I couldn't persuade my parents to. Because you're in Blackburn. Can we can we just go down to Wessex and hang around in the hope that Well you'd have been you'd been in the wrong place. You'd have been in Suffolk. To be so. fair, to be fair, I well, have I, I well no, I'd have been in Lavenham. For a long time. I'd have been in Lavenham. But um to be fair, I did meet Ian McShane finally when I was 18 and he was so nice to me. He was very, very, very right, nice. Kid. He was really, he was so did he sweet. Say, right, kid? He he probably yeah. did. I can't yeah, remember. I just remember gazing and just like, oh, he was wearing a baseball cap. And I met him outside um, the theatre that Witches of Eastwick 
was on and then we had this really lovely chat and then he said I'm really sorry I've got to go because I'm going to be on was it children in need or something that and he had to leave and, and go straight off after this show and go and perform on tv so he and he apologized to me like I'm really sorry that I can't keep talking to you as opposed to like there's your autograph now fuck off he was so nice you know I dare say that I think Ian loved loved the series as well this week. yeah uh, it was very much him he's probably looks back on it fondly to this day oh, yeah Oh, he was but very the invested. Thing about him was he was a real pro. I mean, he could literally be talking to you one minute and the next minute he'd be mm. on the carpet. Mm -hmm. You could just do that. Yeah. He's, oh. He's like that. It's, it, no, he's um, it, always a series that, that the heart and the, 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 the truth of a series, it all comes from the lead actor. Mm -hmm. If the lead mm -hmm. actor's okay. And Ian wasn't a saint. I mean, he had his bad days, but he was, he was fair. He was honest. Mm -hmm. He was great. And he'd always chat to people and he knew what the show was all about. And she's that makes for a very happy set because everybody just yeah. knows where they slot in there. She's a good northerner, he's honest, and he'll always chat to people. <laughs> that is that's that's what basically what the OED says under the definition for northerner, isn't it? <laughs> honest and always chats to people. I thought he said grim. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just under north. I like northerner. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Andy, yes. it's been such a joy. Thank you so, so much for coming and talking to us. It's been so lovely yeah, to meet you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you to everybody on Twitter for all of your questions. And if you're not already signed up to Twitter, well, where have you been? You, you missed out. Um, we're just at Lovejoy Apod. And uh, we're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash Lovejoy Actually, if you would like to join and hear some exclusive uh, interview extras and bloopers and all of those other wonderful things that you can't just get on our normal website. Thank you, lovely people, for allowing me to relive some lovely years. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Same way. Let's tell